Alright guys, if you want to follow us on social media, we hey have guys, it's the Idealist, I'm Destry, and, and Katie. today we, we are watching Instagram Chris Columbus filmed version also of our names, Katie and Now, Destry. this is one of both of our personal favorites in the, description in the musical theater catalog, the but it's especially yeah. one of you. And I'm pretty sure they yes, get Yes, it is my favorite English language yeah, musical. So. Only don't hear this, then you'll see it in the Is there any other type of musical? Yes, there are. Such as? There are foreign language musicals. I think it's more important. What? I know, it's crazy. Those foreigners creating musicals without making them English. I thought that every single musical was created in English first, and then was shipped over other places. I didn't know. And only put on Broadway. Yeah. Nowhere else. Never, ever. Never. The UK and European countries do not exist. All right, here you go. And it should be noted that I'm not the and biggest fan of yeah, the movie itself, just because I don't like the cuts <laughs> that they made. Or and I think that <laughs> All right, it was scrubbed we'll a little. I'm probably and going to refer to the commentary of this movie a I mean, lot. it is PG-13. So. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's important. Everyone should watch the commentary. It has Chris Columbus and Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal on it. They talk a lot about the cuts that they made and why they made them. And Chris Columbus was extremely aware of what he was doing. Mm. So while I might not personally like it, I understand why the cuts were made and I understand why the modifications were made. Like, I don't like that it starts out in Seasons of Love. Oh, okay. That was only my first question. Yeah, I don't like that it starts out on it. Any particular I, reason? I get why it does because he wants he wanted to establish that all of these are just human beings mm. and he wanted to establish the, the theme of the show by getting this, essentially getting the song out of the way. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And I get it, and I, I don't dislike the tone that it sets for the show. Oh, yeah. But I also think that one of the things that I like about the musical version is that it starts out of nowhere. You don't get a minute to be grabbed. You're just sitting there, and everyone's like, oh, hey, look, there's a guy plugging in an amp. I wonder what's going on over there. But since there are already musicians on the stage, it's nothing out of the ordinary. And then suddenly some guy starts singing, and you're like, oh, shit, we better sit down. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I like about it is that it, it's so immersive. Speaking of which, I think it's interesting <laughs> that even though he's he's filming himself, right? When Mark? Yeah, when he first starts the yes. musical. So, but, well, he's filming Roger. Yeah, but if you don't know that that's how it starts, it's almost like he's talking directly to the audience. Yeah, it breaks a lot of walls, the musical does. Like right off the bat. Absolutely. And with this, it starts well for a movie yeah. version of the source material, but I, I get what you mean, because the way that I feel about Scenes of Love is that it just kind of... It's its own little entity within the show. That's And that's the way it's meant to be. Like, it doesn't tie into anything except for the overall themes that you're supposed to be gaining from having watched it and being in the middle of watching it. And it's just kind of, in my opinion, thrown into the second act, just... Well, have you read Anthony's book yet? Mm -mm. The Without You? No. You should read Without You. But also, just from all of the stuff that I've read, because I am a huge rent head. Like, literally, this, this musical shaped the way I think about theater. It shaped the way I think about a lot of life. It introduced me to a lot of things that opened up my world a bit. This is one of the most important shows to me. And I think it's one of the most important shows that has ever been written. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are a lot of people who hate the show and I get why they hate oh, it. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I really do understand. But there's something that Anthony said, and I'm pretty sure it was in his book Without You. Um, he said that sometimes there are shows that are out there that you don't understand and that people don't get. 
and it's okay. It just means that that show wasn't written for you, and mm-hmm. that says that's nothing about you. That's nothing about the show. It just means that this wasn't the show that was written for you. That's really been something that I have to remember when I'm watching other shows or, or I'm listening to other shows, and I'm like, wow, I just really don't like this. And it's something that continues our what we often talk about in that being critical of something isn't necessarily saying that's bad. It's just mm-hmm. saying that this is my opinion on it. Yep. And uh, It's critiquing it. Yeah, it's critiquing it. But Jonathan Larson wrote this song to be a pop-out song mm-hmm. because when they're singing it on stage, they're not supposed to sing it in character. No. They're singing it as themselves. Right. So it's a moment for them to reconnect to the audience and to remind the audience what the show's about. So it's supposed to be a pop-out moment. Yeah. And I mean, kind of like what we were saying here a minute ago is that the beginning of the show starts with, well, the uh, beginning of the Broadway musical begins with him kind of speaking towards the audience. And this is also an allusion to that because this is the beginning of Act Two. Yeah. So it reaffirms that we're still talking to you even though we're now in the thick of the story that we've created here. Yeah. And also, you have to remind me, because I don't think that this is how it ends anymore. I think that this was deleted. The movie? Yeah. So in the movie, the main reason why they started with this originally, and because I... I, I know what you're going to ask, yeah. and then the answer to that question is no, it doesn't end that way. That's a special feature. Yeah, because <laughs> originally they wanted this to start with this because they wanted to go back to it at the end so that Angel could come and fill his place. But they well, decided they, to change that, and then now they just like, well, we started it off, so let's just go ahead and just keep right. it that way. Because Angel starts it out, and then in the reprisal, Angel's gone. Yeah. I believe that's correct. I think so. And then at the end, he was supposed to walk back out, and everyone has like a moment with him. And that was a deleted scene, which I they never made a worse decision than deleting that. Right. Because I remember the first time when I got all the special features... And I watched that scene, and I literally, I, I remember I was sitting in my parents' living room, and I burst, like, actually burst into tears. And my mom came walking in the room, like, what just happened? <laughs> Is it good? Is it bad? Tell me. And I believe that this movie was shot both in California, and then they did some scenes in New York. I yeah. think that's correct. I mean, L.A., New York, they're basically the same at this point. <laughs> they're both gross and disgusting. It amazes me. The difference in quality of singing yeah. between the OBC, the original Broadway cast recording, and this. But Adam and Pascal is the biggest difference. Because poor little Adam, when he was first in the OBC, like, he had the passion for it. But boy, couldn't sing. Like, mm-hmm. he just, he couldn't sing. It, it was bad. It's just bad. Well, he was a rock singer initially. Yeah. he so... was a nightclub singer. Yeah. And then you hear him singing in this, and you're like, damn, boy. You went and you did Aida, and you come back all fancy? Yeah. And then, of course, we have Jesse L. Martin, who was not part of the original workshop, but he was part of the original cast, Mm -hmm. playing Collins. And the big change was to the Joanne character with Tracy Toms. Tracy Toms and also Mimi. Yeah. It was different. Mm -hmm. Daphne Ruben Vega, who was the original Mimi, I believe that they offered her the position, and she accepted it, and then they found out she was pregnant, and they're like, sorry, but you can't be a teenage stripper and be pregnant. With a baby bump. With a baby bump. <laughs> and come and wear the skin-tight lycra or whatever it is she's wearing. And I think she got, like, really upset, too. I believe that, yeah. 
But I think that she was well replaced. Yeah, I mean, Rosario Dawson's pretty decent. I mean, has she ever sang before or after this? I don't think in a movie. I don't know if she did, like, high school theater or something, but she has a decent voice for it. Yeah. She's not the worst Mimi I've ever heard sing. And then they cut out all of the Benny stuff in here, too. Yeah. And all the Maureen stuff, which that those cuts made sense because... Mm-hmm. Don't want to introduce every single character. The further you get into the song, the more my brain just fills in all the other parts anyway. Well, you, because you were in the show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing Mark. I sure did. And I take full responsibility for how good you were because <laughs> this was right when we first started becoming friends mm-hmm. that you got cast in this role. I essentially coached you through this role. And I, I will not let you take any credit for other than just being an amazing singer, <laughs> which you can have credit for, I guess. And then we here's Benny, who is also part of the original Broadway cast, but not the workshop, I, I believe. Let me double check that information. Yeah, Michael Potts actually was the original. Sure. Look at all the added breath. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the obviously added breath. The CGI breath. It's cold here in L.A. in the summertime. So no one call the fire department as flames are being thrown out of the windows? This is 1990s New York. Would you call the fire department? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I've always felt a connection to the show also because the workshop first came out in 93. Mm-hmm. That's also fun to note. One thing I will say is that they take out some of the individual voices. They do. In this cut of the song. <clears throat> Which mm-hmm. I understand because they had so many great choral singers to choose from, but it kind of takes the individuality out of the moment. And also they just turn half of the songs into dialogue, which annoys the fuck out of me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put the exact same dialogue in, put the damn song in. It would take no more effort than what they just did. I mean, this was still relatively early in the we're going to film movie musicals as far as like the new version of it because back in the 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 50s and 60s it was a big deal but they were still trying to figure out how to manipulate that medium into this medium Mm -hmm. so i understand why they didn't do that because it is kind of weird for these characters to sing dialogue at each other instead of just talk it right so I think that people who aren't familiar with the musical right. are going to sit here and be like, "I, why aren't you just mm-hmm. saying this to each other? Because this is obviously not a song. I love Roger just sitting on the car. He's like, yeah, <laughs> this is where I go. He's not wearing his plaid pajama pants. It angers me. Yeah. <laughs> the costuming took a bit of a leap here too, which again, it's a movie, whatever. But let us note the difference. Love his jacket though. So something that we have talked about before, and I I think it's important to talk about now also, is that Benny's idea for, like, the performance space thing, amazing idea. Yeah. I love his idea. The only problem, he's just a goddamn asshole about it. Mm Mm-hmm. I also love thinking about the fact that these two, Benny and Collins and Maureen, shared a house together. Right. Think about that for a second. What was that like? Now, this was a very rough sequence in my version of the musical. 
this was like one of the last sequences that we worked on. Oh, really? So we never really received any kind of blocking or direction for it. That I believe. So we were all just kind of like making it up every single night. So any kind of confusion that you saw about where to look and who was where and why they were there, that was real because we had no idea what the Well, to we be fair, your Roger couldn't keep a goddamn lyric in his head for two seconds either, so I'm sure that didn't help any of you either. Because <laughs> I actually remember during the song, he screwed up on something, and Benny was, like, making eye contact with him and, like, trying to get him to say the line, and then he finally, like, skipped forward three lines, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna bring this back. <laughs> Which you did a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he doesn't sing anymore. I mean, he's getting enough, I guess, doing TV appearances. But... Right. Because he has a really beautiful voice. I do think that it's kind of bullshit that his uh, father-in-law, right? Yeah. Asked him to use his personal connection to, to yeah. try to, like, squash everything so they didn't have to make any kind of action against mm -hmm. it. Like, if you're that fucking worried about it, don't make it this guy's problem. And th th I mean, that's part of the reason why I think he's such an asshole yeah. and he's portrayed to be such an asshole is that he's basically working for the person who really is the asshole in this situation. Right. But because he's like, well, I'll see if I can make everything work because we know each other, bro. That doesn't always work, mm -hmm. especially in close-knit circles like this. It just turns you into the well, asshole because you're like, you're using me to get something that mm -hmm. you want that isn't beneficial for everyone. And that's not fair. Let's call out the elephant in the room. Why people hate this musical. The main thing that I've always heard is that there are a whole bunch of whiny teenagers complaining that they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like at this point I can't even address that because if that's what you got from watching this, <laughs> I never want to speak to you again. Have a great life. Go as far away from me as you possibly can. But again, I understand why it looks that way if you don't pay attention to anything else that happens in the show. Mm -hmm. Good for you. But the other thing that I think I've heard a lot of criticism about from an artistic standpoint, a lot of people don't like that it's so pared down and that it's it's so essentially dirty, I think is a word that I've heard used. Like it, it's a musical that doesn't have a lot to it beyond the characters. Yeah. Which again, it depending on what perspective you're looking at musical theater from is completely a fair point. I think that Rent is one of the benchmark shows in that regard. Probably Coming After Hair was the first big one that really shook up the musical theater world as far as this is a different way of doing musical theater. Mm -hmm. We're going to swear in the show. We're going to get naked on stage. Hair did a lot of stuff that this musical, I think, like the whole in La Vibo and them dancing on the table is directly borrowing stuff from Hair in the song Life. But I think that in an era where big musicals was kind of the norm, you know, we were starting the Disneyfication of Broadway around that time period mm -hmm. from... Which at the beginning was not a bad thing because they cleaned up yeah, a lot of shit it. and then it turned into the commercial bullshit that it basically is now. Well, because now Lion King didn't premiere until 98, I believe. I'm almost positive. Because Beauty and the Beast premiered first, right? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast was first. Um, and I'm pretty sure that Lion King came in 98. That sounds right to me. But so this show brought down the production, like the, the flash and trash mm -hmm. aspect of production, it had a rock band on stage Bitch. where you could see them. I think that was a really big deal at the time too, was that 
the fact that the orchestra or, you know, the band was not hidden somewhere. Like, you were mm-hmm. watching them playing the entire time, which I personally love the idea of that. And the fact that it was literally just, like, a table and a scaffold. Now, this I love hearing you sing, Once on Glory. I like that he has a chair on the roof. Well, of course he does. <laughs> His disenfranchised youth chair. (laughs) With the green padding. Yeah. I cannot get over his hair in this. It's so bad. (laughs) Doesn't he look just like that guy from Taxi, though? The TV Mm -hmm. show? Yep, sure does. (laughs) When I was uh, doing a lighting class, I had to uh, take a song or, yeah, like any type of song, and it could be someone singing live or just like a recorded like a, what was it, like a minute or something of song and I had to do a lighting design for it with like different so many fades and stuff and uh for that project I had Destry come in and sing one song glory <laughs> got an A on the project yeah it was filmed by a couple people so it's probably in the zeitgeist somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> if I really wanted to I could probably contact the teacher and be like so could you pass me that because I, I I seem seem to remember it being pretty decent yeah I mean Speaking to what we were talking about here a minute ago, yeah, is that if you see the show as a bunch of entitled white people and other such colors coming together to bitch about how the system is against them, then you're not wrong, but it's not the point. But the issue that, that I come across with is that I fully understand where these characters are coming from just from the fact that I think a lot of people take it for granted that, mm-hmm. well, just do something with your life. doesn't have to be something that you like. doesn't have to be something that you're passionate about. Just do something with it. Because you got to make your bills. you got to do, you know, these certain things to be, quote-unquote, successful. So trying to understand why these people are like, I don't want a real job. I want to focus on my passion. Is mm-hmm. That's a major disconnect for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, well, that doesn't matter ultimately because you still have to exist in the world Mm -hmm. so i think that that gets a lot of undue anger yeah Mm -hmm. i also want to address just one of probably my top five things i dislike about this movie i hate the whole april thing i hate that you see it i hate Mm -hmm. that they walk you through it (laughs) i kind of talked about this in the brainstein how i hate how people need to be shown everything yeah and I, I like the fact that in the stage version, you barely hear about her. You find out at a later date that she, by Mark blabbing his mouth, mm-hmm. that she slit her wrists in a bathroom yeah. after she found out she had AIDS. I mean, I will kind of defend it a little bit, though, is because, you know, it's a movie. It's a I different know that kind they of have medium. To. So showing it is probably better than just staying on, like, a tracking shot of him for two and a yeah. half minutes. So it did break up the monotony yeah. of that it's moment visually, though. but yeah. I love how Roger's just like, I'm going to take care of the pretty little girl. Here, have a jacket, have this, whatever <laughs> you want, you pretty girl. I just can't look at him straight on because of the quaff in his hair. <laughs> I know, right? Look at the plaid vest. Like, from farther away, it's not so <clears throat> bad, but when you get close to his face, you're like, okay, I'm going to need you to stop. And he has two necklaces on. Yeah. So going back to what we were saying here a minute ago, (laughs) is that taking out the lyrical content and turning it into spoken dialogue, this is basically exactly that. 
So yeah. even though that this is a big number in the musical that people know and are expecting, it's still kind of weird that they decided that, well, we want to take out the speak singing over here, but we're going to leave an entire song of speak singing. Well, and the fact that in... Um... You'll see that they let everything stay rhyming. Yeah. I think that's what pissed me off more than anything else. Like, uh -huh. if you're going to have it spoken, then change the dialogue. Oh, hey, look, it's her butt. <laughs> see, I believe that she is a heroin-addicted stripper. Yeah. I believe that of Rosario <laughs> Dawson <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> I remember in the commentary for this during uh, Out Tonight, apparently they didn't know that she could dance like that. So they were uh, just like, they, they were just going to do a take and be like, all right, just like dance or whatever. And she started doing all kinds of shit. They're like, oh my God. And just, suddenly everyone showed up for the filming. Just ride a little bit. Just, yeah, ride a little bit. You don't need to do anything too fancy. So I love the double entente of this scene where, yes, it's cold outside because it's winter in... New York. New York. But also, she's jonesing. Yep. So. <laughs> she's also shivering for all of these reasons. So you can show this to your parents, and they can enjoy it from a different standpoint. Oh, she's just cold. Well, until <laughs> Roger outright says, I know what's going on, so don't That's when you pause me. the movie, Katie. <laughs> and I love he, how he just calls her out. He's like, yeah, I used to be a junkie. I know what the fuck is going on. Stop. Mm -hmm. Don't. So can we agree that this is, like, the updated version of Baby It's Cold Outside? Yes. <laughs> Except he's not trying to keep her there. He's just trying to keep her from using instead. So I was looking at the libretto the other day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what made me do this, but I was looking at the character descriptions, which is not something I often do. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there are only three people considered leads in the show? Which, from a personal standpoint, there are no leads in the show. No, no. It's an ensemble show, and there are... Standout moments. Yeah, there are standout moments, but it's an ensemble show. Yeah. According to the libretto, the three leads of the show are Mark, Roger, and Mimi. Yeah, yeah. I know! Angel is a lead. Oh, Mimi is not a lead. Well, all of them are leads. <laughs> but if, if you're going to only pick three, you don't pick Mimi. Also, that... my favorite moment of the movie, them making eye contact while all of this is happening. Yeah, the the, uh, the voicemails that yeah, also the, aren't them, sung. Them doing the eye contact, though, is my favorite part. Anyway, you were saying. <laughs> well, I think we talked about that a while back, where it, it's very true to life, where it's just like, I know how awful both of our parents are, so this is going to be good no matter who it is. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, of the three people, though, like... Does just... it have something to do with, like, the original opera that this was based on, maybe? No. That's funky. I don't know. I, I just thought that was really dumb. And they added dialogue. Like, yeah. a lot of dialogue. Not a lot of dialogue, but they did... Which... Merry Christmas, bitches! <laughs> also, um, in the character descriptions, the only races noted... Mm -hmm. Mark is noted as being Jewish. Yes. Because it comes up multiple times. Mm -hmm. Mimi is noticed as being Hispanic. Yep. And, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So, all of the characters are open to cross-casting, except for Mark, who has to look vaguely Jewish, and Mimi, who has to be Hispanic. Because, again, it's openly mentioned. 
And Hispanic can literally mean pretty much anything. Yeah, like you Puerto could, Rican. You, yeah, you can look black. <laughs> Filipino. Yeah, you can be black, yeah, white, so. whatever. But ultimately, because she talks about the Spanish babies crying. Yeah. I mean, even the Mark thing isn't like, if he doesn't look vaguely Jewish, then I mean, yeah, it's not going to kill Rapp the, the, the most, vibe of the character. Anthony Rapp isn't the most Jewish looking person. Oh, no, he certainly is not. <laughs> the sweet little ginge he is. I like how he took his shoes off immediately, even though their apartment is disgusting. Yay, Angel! Wilson is magnificent. Like, there is, no one can play this role like him. And I, in the tour version that I saw, because I saw the good version with Anthony and Adam in mm-hmm. it, the guy that they had playing Angel was the same guy that's in the filmed, like, final Broadway production. I got them Angel and Collins from that. Okay. And, yeah, they were both fantastic. Didn't hold a candle to Wilson. No. But they were fantastic together. In my production... We had a pretty decent angel. Had the attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The voice was still almost there, yeah. but, you know, I mean. Yeah. It, it, it can be a little bit rough, but that's fine. But he had, like, the damnedest time trying to get any of the the drumming, uh, the drumming down. It was hilarious. <laughs> Mark is just like, yeah. Like, they had full drumming rehearsals just for bits and bobs really? of the song. Just for that. Well, to be fair. Devil's Advocate is that we did not have a live band. That was yeah. the, the biggest issue I had with that. So we had to go off of recording. So it had to be in specific time or else it would be very obvious that it was wrong. So it's not like we could fix it Yeah. in the moment. Like it was either going to be spot on or it's going to sound like he's wrong. I also learned through uh, various readings that Adam, Anthony, and Jesse shared an apartment for a while, like, while they were doing tours, because they did a uh, international tour together, too. Like, back in the early days. So they actually were roommates for a while. Which makes it all the more better for me. Because this, <laughs> this movie took place after all of that happened, so right. you, they have all of the history now, too. And Adam and Anthony's friendship is something that makes my life worth living. Like, they are, they love each other so goddamn much. And so did he do all of his stunts in this, or did they have... Oh, yeah, he did all of it. So even the little flip... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I figured that he did. Because he did all of that on stage. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. He did all of that. And now he doesn't act anymore, because he said... He made a statement saying that he felt like after Angel, like, that was what his life was about. Yeah. Like, his work, he didn't need to do any other work, because that was what he, his work was about. This is the Maureen call, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like, no. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> she God fl- damn it, Maureen. She flirted with me with cocaine, so no, I'm, 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 like I'm kind of over that. I like that he played chicken with the phone. He's like, I'm not going to do it. Oh, fine, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roger continues to get enjoyment <laughs> out of it. He's like, I have so little in my life. My best friend's ex-girlfriend turning lesbian is the best thing that I have going for me right now. <laughs> I do also like they're telling Benny about Maureen, uh-huh. how he just stands there and laughs for like a full 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I honestly don't remember very much about this <laughs> sequence from my version. Oh, really? I don't remember it very well. I don't know why. Because, I mean, obviously I was there, but I don't, I don't remember any of the staging or anything for it. I remember you doing Tango Marine. Yeah. This was fun. A fun, imaginative version of doing... Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
This is using your, your visuals in a movie context for yeah. positive means, not just, we need to explain the storyline <clears throat> even though it's pretty obvious if you just listen to the fucking song. Also, can I just say that this is pretty fucking small. What, the venue? The venue. It's, yeah. It's, it's kind of small, I'm be honest with you. Well, it's, it's supposed to be outdoors. Yeah. In, in the musical. Exactly. She's like in an alley or something. Tracy Toms is magnificent, too. Oh, yeah. She auditioned for multiple versions. She did the Broadway version. She did tours and stuff. She never got cast. Then she auditioned for the movie and got cast. And she was like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that everyone's going to remember. Seriously, though. <laughs> and she's currently guest starring on 911. Okay. Didn't she do, like, SVU or something, too? Or she did some all kind of... of the all of them have done she did some kind of every single one well, of them. i thought she had a reoccurring role on like law and order or something i mean it's possible i i haven't noticed based on my personal viewing of it but it might have been on the original maybe okay because jesse l martin was on the flash i think yeah i'm pretty sure that um cw flash mm. he had a reoccur i think it was flash that's the one with Barry something or other, The Flash. I do not watch any of those shows. I don't know anything about superheroes. That's why I ask you. <laughs> you are so good in this song, though. This is such a fun sequence. Too. Oh, yeah. And we didn't really get a lot of rehearsal with this one either, as far as like the dancing was concerned, but I think that that kind of worked because <clears throat> they're supposed to be awkward. Yeah. Together. Like, if it's too choreographed, then it's like wow, this is a musical moment. This is not a, well, they're meeting and obviously this is what's happening yeah. kind of a moment. You also had a fantastic Joanne. So oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She was amazing. Yep, we just saw her at uh, Winterfest. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. She was seriously, like, other than you, <laughs> she was the best person in it. And it kind of made me upset because she only had the one song. Yep. Which she, she wasn't the soloist too, was she? Or was she? No, yeah, we had a different Okay, I wasn't sure. Because yeah. you soloed. Yeah. You were the solo. Against my better judgment, I, I did you the solo. Sh you shouldn't have. And when we eventually, in the future, make our make my my production of Rent, mm -hmm. which will be perfect, you will not be soloing. But, I mean, it was probably a good idea just in general, but as far as coming from... For the from... quality of the show, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What material is his coat supposed to be? I guess that's corduroy. Or is it pleather? I can't tell. It looks the... like corduroy. Yeah, because I'm starting to see the... I just saw the belt, and that's yeah. why I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, that's corduroy. The eyebrow! The that eyebrow, the eyebrow. It's <laughs> 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 like, I'm kind of unimpressed by that. Yeah. Also, I'm wearing my Wall Street garb, so that's I'm right. much more impressive than you are. Now, what does she do? Is it She's specific? a lawyer. She is a lawyer. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. She's a lawyer. He's like, I haven't been doing musical theater since I was seven. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a mouthful, by the way. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every night I worried about that. That's what, I like the way Adam Cantor does that line. Yeah, mm-hmm. Where he just pieces it out very, very quietly. Like, maybe I did it like this, kind of? <laughs> and then our first glimpse of Marie. Marie. Yep. Which is a little bit of a letdown compared yeah. to how she literally makes a, a a full entrance in the stage version. Yeah. Ugh, I hate her. 
Let it go. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. Love her dress. Oh, yeah. Both definitely. of their dresses. Uh -huh. Love their dresses. This is a very well... See, that's the venue that she should be having. Yes. <laughs> and I believe that Adina Menzel and Tay Diggs were still married at this point, too. Yes, yes, they were. That was the most awkward wink I've ever seen. Yep. Well, not to mention that they kind of failed on the lift there a little bit. Uh, I think that was mostly Adina's fault. Probably. It didn't look like she was she in can the proper dance. position. Oh, yeah, she can definitely dance. That's about it, actually. She played uh, Omnirus in Aida for a bit. Not while Anthony was doing it, mm -hmm. but after the fact. You mean Adam? Yeah. Sorry. A's. Okay, the lifts are just looking really weird. They, they always <clears throat> look weird, and I'm just noticing it more now. <laughs> yeah. First lesbian kiss of the movie. Her makeup is not okay in this. Yeah, it looks she looks kind of blotchy. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. And I love that they end up becoming buds. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Which is you? a sequence that you don't really get to see. Like, because... isn't that like the best revenge though? Oh. Being friends with your ex-lover's lover, like that's just the greatest. And that's a sequence that you don't even get to see that much because their main bro time is in Happy New, New Year, Year, and mm -hmm. they cut all of that out. Which, uh, uh, that, I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of that song because singing it's a bitch. But I, I believe that. But it's, it's important. It's a it, character. It is important. Yeah, it's a character building. It's a relationship building moment. Yeah, it's when you see all of the couples together. Including Mark and Joanne. Mm -hmm. Now, I wasn't watching closely enough. Was she standing at the mic during my Maureen? Yes. Or... Okay. Oh, no. Hang on. Now I have to think about it. Right. Because I don't think she was. No, she wasn't because they were um, and still in the dance sequence. I have a yeah. problem with that. Just a little bit because it makes the it echo. kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah. it's mm -hmm. fixing. Because it's, it's supposed to be yeah. that moment of her. Like, I think we did it pretty good on stage yeah. where I flipped her into the mic yeah. and then she said it. So, and we have life support. Yes, yeah. this is life support with Marty from Gilmore Girls <laughs> playing the life support soloist. And actually, at some point in the movie, I don't know if it's in this one, the sequence, or in the next one, you get to see Adina Menzel's current husband because he he's the soloist in Will I? No, that's him right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's her current husband, Aaron Lore. Okay. Awkward. This is also a bitch to sing, by the way. But see, you just have to lay into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't think about it too much. <laughs> Any collection sequence of words is going to work there. So I get that they brought this down a little bit because it's... Well, that makes sense too because yeah. it's... It makes it more awkward when he comes bursting in though. And less farcical. Yeah. Because, well, it's kind of like an alleviating the audience kind of moment. Yeah. Because... Tension. I'm sure that most people who came to see the show... We're not going to have the initial experience that I've been to one of these groups before. So by making his little entrance kind of funny, it's kind of yeah. like, ha ha. It, it, awkward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mark is always awkward. It just makes it easier for the audience to settle into the moment instead of it just being like this really oddly somber tone. Yeah. Which works for this, but mm -hmm. it doesn't work in the musical. No, it doesn't. Especially coming off, off of Tango Marine. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And plus, he's probably still flustered from that anyway. Oh, yeah. So him coming in and being like, I, oh, just, God. I, 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 okay, okay, I'm sorry. 
I love the fact that this can become a period piece, not yes. just because of the fact of the year that is mentioned, mm -hmm. but the fact that HIV is no longer a death sentence. Yeah. I love that. How amazing is that? That right. we have grown up in a world where that became not a death sentence. Not like, yay, I have HIV, but it's, yeah. it's something that is treatable and controllable mm -hmm. now. At least in America. Yeah, exactly. In developing worlds, not so much, but they're working on it. Now... I wouldn't have called him being able to sing, i am be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have called it. Now, you miss Roger singing in this song. Yeah. Because on the stage version, Roger's off to the side and adds his voice to that. Mm -hmm. I think that Collins or Angel added their voice to this. Mm -hmm. Collins, I think. Was it Collins who added... I, I didn't hear who it was in this, mm -hmm. but... Because on the stage version, it's Roger sings the reason said I should have died three years ago. I love this camera. <laughs> I liked my camera. Your camera was really cool. Where did they pull that out of? It was a loan from, I think, Wright State, maybe? <clears throat> okay, that makes sense. And we're back to out tonight. Yeah. So I've never been to a strip club, I can nope. honestly say. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is a normal-looking no. venue. <laughs> no. Oh, it's you know truly not. <laughs> <laughs> like, do they often have cages and scaffolding? I don't scaffolding? think that rusty scaffolding is going to be found <laughs> anywhere near half-naked women in 2018. Well, 2019, I mean, excuse me. I don't, 2019. Have you looked at some of the senior parts even of our district? Ah, uh. oh, this is such an awkward sequence. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. And I doubt that any strip club would have this amount of space either. That's, see, that's the thing I was questioning, the space. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> now, she doesn't have her blue pants. Nope. We have much less clothing in this sequence. Well, I mean, when you have Rosario Dawson's legs, I mean... Well, you don't lose a lot when you're wearing skin-tight pants, though, to be that's fair. That's true. She's got amazing hair for this song, too. <laughs> oh, this song is nearly impossible to sing, too. Like, do you sing that sequence, or do you scream it? Do you belt it? How are you supposed to hit that so that you actually get the sound of the howl? I think it just depends on the uh, the actress. Because I think that she does one of the better versions of the howl. Daphne mm -hmm. Ruben Vega just, she, she was Mimi, but she couldn't sing at all. No. Similar to uh, Alice Ripley in Next to Normal. Yeah, I also think that she was helped a little bit by auto-tune. Oh, is that it? Just, just to kind of shape it. Because it's a lot more clean than you yeah. usually hear. I do think that she does a really good job of beating out the song a little bit more. Like, it feels like there's more of a direction for it instead of it just being a sexy little dance sequence with vocals. Okay, yeah, I didn't mean. I love when she just shows up and she's like, hi, you wanna fuck? And he's like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> also, how amazing is Roger that he is so committed to being clean and not doing this shit that he turns that down? Mm-hmm. I like how she completely misunderstands his anger. Mm-hmm. And I think she does a really good job of playing that. Where yeah. She's like, okay, what are you mad about? Are you mad that I'm coming on to you? Or are you mad that I have drugs? Or Like, what are you mad about? Just live your life, man. Exactly, yeah. I think that, personally, this is a good sequence to be more intimate. Because on stage, you don't get to see a lot of the facial expressions yeah. a lot of the time. So you don't get to see their interaction as much. So this is a good 
combination of both of them, I think. This song is really telling for the Roger you're watching because you can sing One Song Glory a very few number of ways that make sense. Yeah. But with this song, you can choose to play it super angry, which would make perfect sense. You yep. can choose to play it in despair, which makes a ton of sense. There's a lot more directions I feel like you can take this. But it's going to affect the rest of your portrayal of the show, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I tend to not like Roger being a hothead because I don't think it makes sense. No, it doesn't. Especially at this point in his life. I mean, it makes sense for him to blow up at immediately. Like, yes. that, that first, like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want this near me. Well, he has to do that for yeah. his own benefit. Because exactly. he has to be <clears throat> repulsed by it. If he's not consistently, constantly repulsed by the thought of going back to being drug addicted, then he's going to slip. Also, thank you for that point. I love his, his response to her. She's like, come on, you just gotta live. And he's like, if you're so smart, then why are you still doing drugs? Yeah, pretty Like, much. oh, thank you so much for your, your wisdom. great wisdom, uh -huh. but this is bullshit and you know it. And I think that Adam's like level of anger here makes sense. But, like, when you watch Will Chase, he, like, Will Chase just gets off on being angry, I think, yeah, as Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's because he usually plays really mellow characters. Mm -hmm. So when you see him in that, he's just like, I'm angry, man. But I, I don't think that it's needed. So what is your thought on the staging of this moment? This part? Yeah, where they come out around the corner and, they're, and they join her. I, I don't feel like that's true to where the characters at are no, at No, it's point. not. Because in, in the show, this is more of a choral number with kind of everyone. Yeah, in the scene. show. Because isn't it doesn't isn't the life support group still on yeah. stage at this point? The life because so life support everybody. happens up on the scaffold. Yeah. So they're still having their they're still doing their song. Yeah. I do like Anthony or I, I like Mark witnessing this. Yeah. And I like the the focus on his face when he watches what's going on and him like immediately like all right I'm on it's 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 go time I gotta go take care of him. But as far as them coming, they're not coming to her defense, really. Well, They're coming to it. his defense of, we need to get you out of this funk that you're in yeah. and start you living again. This was a poor way of representing that because it makes it look like they're it's on her side. It's them against him. Yeah. I, don't, I, I never liked that. And see, I, this is the moment I like right after she finishes. It's like, and what is Collins doing? Like, he's just kind of standing there. There's not a lot of focus. Yeah, I, it's just them coming home from yeah, the support, support group. Yeah, I think it would have been much better is if both of them were on mm -hmm. the scaffold and she was singing to him. I agree. And then they cut back and forth between mm -hmm. that and the life support. I agree. I mean, yeah, I think that that would have been a better choice. But I also think it's interesting that they show the two aspects of the No Day But Today. Mm -hmm. Because so many people take that from this song and they're like, yeah, man, you just gotta live life. Uh -huh. Which, No Day But Today is a great motto. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it also, I think Mimi's part in this shows, like, it can be so misused. Oh, yeah. Because there's a difference between living life to its fullest and doing whatever the fuck you want because, well, you only live once. once. Uh, because YOLO. Yeah. That's why I hate YOLO. Mm -hmm. It's just basically an excuse for you to do terrible things in the stupidest way possible. And they have another little friend moment. <laughs> and these are the best moments in the movie because you do really get to settle in to seeing them a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that Chris Columbus recognized how good they were together. And he was like, let's feature some of this. 
Because this show is built upon the foundation of their friendship. If your Mark and your Roger aren't good, then the show's going to be crap. And that's just that's just the way it is. Yep. Particularly with Mark. Mark has to be the best person in the show. But you have to be good together. Like, you yeah. can't just be good separately. No. It, this show is so ensemble-based that if anyone is not working for the good of the overall show and working together and willing to put the effort into relationships, the show is going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good you are. If you're not working with other people, then you are garbage. Particularly in the show. And I think that the show's timeline, like the, the stage version is also a bit of a hindrance because it's all happening within like a day and a half or two or three days or so. So kind of breaking it up a little bit gives more air to the relationships, but it also makes the story kind of slump a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because after a while you're kind of like, okay, because I was confused and I still am confused a lot of the time about when any of this is taking place. Oh, really? Like, as far as, like, like you get your markers of this happens this day, and this happens after this and that, whatever. But as far as, like, is this... They're kind of fluid with it in the movie. Like, it starts on this day, and then we have intermingling time, and then we start on this day and then intermingling time. I always get chills from this one. Mm -hmm. I love the rounds for this. It's so beautiful. And when staged well, it can be one of the more powerful moments mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. You need to give him a hug, Destry. You need <laughs> to hug him. Let me hug him. Just let me hug him. And again, you get a great representation of Mark being on the outside here. So mm-hmm. he did that well. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I just had to have a little cry moment. Just love. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> so happy and he came and he loves him. <laughs> and then Colin is just like, come on, my baby. Okay, you may continue now. Just had to respect that moment. A lot of musical theater people would have a hard time transitioning to film. Yeah. Because they're used to being so big and grand with their <clears throat> emotions and yeah. their faces and stuff like that. So the fact that not only these are high profile enough actors to be able to pull off both the stage and the film version, mm-hmm. but also the fact that the show speaks to big and small emotions. It really does. Like, you can compartmentalize without losing anything. And I think a lot of shows lose something when you try to make the emotions more grounded. Yeah. Kind of back to the point we were talking about with Another Day, you don't have to have this big, grand, sweeping movement yeah. of everybody. You can have this intimate Quiet. moment between these two characters. Now, how do you feel about On the Street? I mean, that's one of the major points of the movie as far as I'm, not yeah. the movie, but the show, as far as I'm concerned, is that you only care as long as it benefits you. Mm-hmm. Also, you know who that is, right? She is the original soloist. Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. yeah. Which is also the role that she played in the show. Mm. She did the one. Didn't think so. <laughs> yep. She's not wrong. And they saved that that fuck for that moment. Because you know, like, in PG-13, you're only allowed so many swear words? Yeah. Like, and they, he, he was determined, Chris Columbus was determined to keep that there. Mm. The city is full of motherfucking artists. Mm-hmm. Now, Roger isn't part of this in the show, is he? 
believe he is. No, he is not. Because right like, after this, the line from Mark is that I have to convince Roger to go. Yeah. This is right before. Yeah, to the show, I'll try to convince Roger to go. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah cuz I I was about to say this he fought, he actually got to take part in the song for once. Yeah. But Roger is not out at this point in the state division. <clears throat> I love Adam's I mean, Adam is the definitive Roger, there's no question. Oh. There never will ever be a question. But I love in this you really get to see more of his wider performance. Yes, exactly. Because even in the stage version that I saw him in, his performance was different. Which it had to be, because he's quite a bit older yeah. in the stage version I saw, because that was in, like, what, 2000... Uh, but I love him, his body language for Roger, how it's really, like, just pulled in, like he's exhausted, not just from being out, but from the world. And you see that in his body language. And I love, you see a lot more of uh, Collins and Roger's relationship yes. in this than you do in the stage version, which I think is really important to see, too. Because I know you really like a lot of Colin's songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. How? What do you see as his character's, the purpose of his character in the show? Can you delve deeper into what that question well, cause, is? Well, because, like, Mark is the storyteller. He's the he's your guide through the show. Roger is, like, your romantic, tragic lead. Mm-hmm. He's the one that you, you feel pity for. I think Angel is the, the heart and soul. Yeah. I think that he is the emotional openness that the other characters lack. Okay. Because we've talked a lot about Mark and Roger interpersonally. <laughs> is that Mark is closed off because he's so concerned about keeping everybody together and alive. And because he knows that he will break apart if he he's not the one. And Roger's closed off because he can't let himself feel anything because that would be too much emotion for him. It. Yeah. So, and then like you said, Angel is the heart of the show. So Collins has to be the opportunity that something good and positive. He's the hope for something positive. Angel is positivity, and he's the hope. Yeah. that's. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Like, Because that's basically what I think, too, but I wouldn't have put it so eloquently. Because I'll cover you reprise is not the loss of hope. Yeah, that's it's true. It's like... It's the hurt, and it's the respect for what was, and it's the, I am going to keep going for you, baby. But it never once does he cut himself off from no. anyone or anything. That's so true. And even when he comes back at the end of the show, you know, he's still out there working. He's doing his, he's going out there being an anarchist. And, and doing it's the his same thing. Deeds. You know, it's so that true. life doesn't stop just because life stopped for somebody yeah. else. But you have to respect that someone's yeah, life loss did of something. Yeah. He's the feeling what you need to feel. Because at the end he comes back on Christmas and... Hand me the keys, bitch, and yeah. just, that's just that's how he is. <clears throat> his annual visit, checking in on his boys. <laughs> Where's the hat? <laughs> Give me your fucking hand, bitch. I also think it's interesting that he chose to go off and make a name for himself and move out in the world. Mm-hmm. And that Roger, like, once he lost it, he just lost it. Yeah, exactly. So Mark had to become the babysitter. That goes along with the the opportunity of hope is that I'm not going to do the thing that I want to do with my life, but there's still hope that I can find some kind of peace and happiness somewhere Mm -hmm. doing something. Yeah, this is the replacement for Christmas bells. Yes. 
Especially with the, the jacket moment. Which hey, I that's my coat. <laughs> I get why it's not in the show because the purpose of Christmas bells is to establish position, like yes. where you are. It's mm-hmm. to give you the feeling of the city mm-hmm. and to reconvene all the characters. So I get why that was cut. And also, that's where <clears throat> Roger comes out for the first time. Yeah. So it's obviously going to look like that because to Roger, it's like, wow, that's it's just too much. Chaos. Too, yeah. too fucking much. Now, I believe that it might have actually been cold that day. Because <laughs> oh, okay. that, that, that's a lot. So I think that it might have actually been Get it, a girl. Shot yeah. <laughs> They're so cute together. Those are some hard harmonies for guys, aren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. Our, our Collins and Angel had to work on that, like, for a while. <clears throat> and it still wasn't perfect by the time we went to show. More Christmas bells. Yeah. Dialogue. Again, direct except for the look around part. <laughs> well, it had to be or else it, that's it way still too rhymes. Dr. Susie. Yeah. It rhymes. <laughs> Don't apologize to her. You don't have to apologize to her. So, more Christmas bells yep. floundering. Because they didn't want to put it in. So, number one, where did all this money come from? Yes. For a full production value and essentially... Joanne. Because in this, they must have rented this space. In the musical, it was an abandoned lot. Yeah. Joanne, definitely. She, yeah, financed the whole thing. Yep. Because, like, look at all this shit. See, I mean, that's my headcanon for it, is that yeah. Joanne financed it, which is why... Maureen thinks that she knows how to fix everything. Right. Well, no, well, you, Maureen, well, you that's not why Maureen thinks that. Maureen well, just thinks too. that everyone's going to take care of it no matter what. Yeah. But I also think that that makes it easier for her to believe that, well, you rented the equipment, so you obviously know how to work it. And she's also used to Mark just doing everything. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This... this is the last time when she was able to kind of sing. At the, This was the last <laughs> moment for her. This song can be really tedious if you if you do it wrong. So they got in in the commentary they get kind of pissy because I guess people got mad because she didn't like sing sing and they're like yeah. I think it's Adam who makes the comment he's like if you want to see her sing go see Wicked yeah. <laughs> God, she has the biggest mouth of anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> Seriously, this is, like, right when her voice started to go. Mm-hmm. But because she doesn't sing, sing in this, you don't notice it. And they cover anything up with auto-tune during Take Me or Leave Me. I had the best Maureen in the production I saw. <laughs> she was, she was like, this little blonde, like, Kristen Bell-looking girl mm-hmm. with super short hair. And she was, like, teeny tiny. But she was just hilarious. <laughs> like, everything was huge body movements. And she was just like, yes. See, Armourine was good for this song, but nothing else. Ew, I don't even know about this one. <laughs> Wasn't she really young, too? Oh, yeah, she was probably the youngest in the cast. Which is kind of awkward. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But mm. most of the people that I was in the show with were dancers, not singers. Which is weird. This is not really a dance-heavy show. And the fact that there are so many people here, it's another good point that was made in the commentary, is that she has to be kind of good or she wouldn't have so many people coming to see her. Right. So, like, there has to be a balance of it being ridiculous and it being actually good because people have to be coming to it. I also like in the stage version, I don't know if this is common, but my Maureen went... Not in my backyard, uh, yeah. you utensils. 
And that, I don't know if that's standard, but that's the way my worry does it, or did it, and it's the only way I see it being done. Doesn't she do that in the, the Rent film live? She might. I'm almost positive. That's, yeah, that's when my worry was... <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't beat it out in this one. Yeah, but it is on... Like I said, it can be tedious if you do it wrong. Yeah. And I think that they're just like, okay... Speeding through it. Let's just... Let's get to the right already. And it's, yeah. Because the really fun song that everybody loves uh, is next, so let's just get uh, it done. Uh, Yep, she aged just like just uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She really did, though. Yeah. She got like the mom bod. So, what is your headcanon for how Mark and Maureen worked as a couple? Oh, they were horrible. I, they I were mean, always I totally fighting. Believe that. Yeah. Constantly fighting. Like, they just do not seem compatible. Well, because like, he, he, fucking he's effort. a little puppy dog. And so he would run around after her, and she found the attention charming. Mm hmm. And I think that it was definitely, she needed a place to live. He brought her in and then they, Roger and Colin tolerated her because of Mark. Mm -hmm. And you actually get to see the riot in this too. Yep. I like that you do get to see the riot because then you get to see the panic when Mark isn't there, when they all go to the, and you actually, for once, you get to see Roger worry about him for once, mm -hmm. which I think is important to see that it's not just, the emotion isn't just one-sided, which is something that's really easy to miss, I think, yeah. in the musical. Think about the fact that this riot must have been big enough that it made nightly news in other cities. Because yeah. his mother doesn't live in New York, I don't believe. Because Maybe remember, upstate in, New York. Because in, in the voice, the voicemail, it's uh, your your riot footage made in the nightly news. Mm -hmm. So she probably doesn't live in New York City. No. So it made nightly news somewhere else. else. That's how big this riot must have been. Mm -hmm. Also, look how worried my baby is. This is worried about his His male life partner. <clears throat> His non-sexual male His life partner. His heterosexual life partner. <laughs> All of our extra friends here are totally not just extras for dancing. Right. Which, again, in the musical... All of these people you have seen already yes. doing various other characters. Uh -huh. So it's not just like, oh, hey, here are some random people. You don't actually only have two friends. <laughs> the moment of realization. <laughs> also, I never realized before how big Akita's were. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> For some reason, I had in mind, like, a little yappy dog. Yappy dog, yeah. And I finally looked up an Akita one, so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, one of the most famous moments in, I would say, like, musical theater. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is one of the biggest moments, which they pretty much screw up in this, let's just mm -hmm. be honest. But besides Seasons of Love, this is the thing that everybody does for the award shows. and. I just, I feel like this... The reason that this doesn't work for the movie, number one, is that the characters haven't earned this moment. No, they have not, no. Mm -hmm. I always feel like Roger is kind of out of place in this, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I just, you don't see this from Mark in the movie until this moment. Whereas in the musical, all of his commentary is so snarky and so sassy that you see this and you're like, of course you're doing this. And if everyone doesn't know <laughs> the dance moves to this, then you are all losers and are not my friends. Spastic dancing time! This must be some very sturdy tables is all I, I know, have right? to say. The stage production I was watching, the, the table freaked me out. Every time I looked at it, I was like, oh. God, don't, fall, don't, don't fall, hurt fall. them. They're so old. <laughs> like I said, Mark could, or uh, Adam could no longer jump off the table when I watched it. Had to be helped. His four knees. And my one of my favorite lines. Mm -hmm. 
And when I did this, I was, like, right in Benny's face. Yeah, you're supposed to be. I do like that it gets broken up by, um, I Should Tell You. Which I know is a song that you've never particularly connected with. No. I love it. It's such a sweet song. Having been in the show now, I understand it more. But when I first originally saw this, I was like, wow, that kind of breaks up some very interesting tones. (laughs) Yeah. Crotchet. If, look at, he's like, oh, God. <laughs> he's like, I've seen that way too many times. He's like, Jesus, Mark, you would be the one to say that. <laughs> Is um, that a, uh, a requirement that every single woman in the cast has to be able to do the splits? Yes, pretty much. <laughs> hey, look, he jumped off the table. Oh, look. This With was, the help of Jesse. two or three years before he prior. was able to do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but okay. Yeah. It's such a small space, and I understand why it is, because it's supposed to be realistic that they're yeah, in a restaurant. Yeah, in a restaurant. But they have so much space on stage yeah. for this that it just, it well, makes also it it's awkward. Not, there's not, there's half as many people, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very awkward. And the way that it's shot, it should be profile, and it's not. It's yeah, from it's, the end of the table, which they're using it rather well. It's still well, kind of clumsy, though. But, yeah, exactly. Because you miss a lot of people doing stuff. Exactly. Also, Wilson just jumped off the table in heels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. True, they are Mary Janes, but still. <laughs> I wouldn't jump off a table in Mary Janes. Mm, definitely padded. <laughs> I don't think that helps any for your legs. And that's a pretty accurate costume for her. Yeah, for... Yeah. I think that... Her, uh, I think Angel and Collins are probably the best costumed in here. Yeah, they're most true to the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mark doesn't really have a costume scheme, no, so it doesn't no. really matter. Roger is a little too mellow for me because he's supposed to be more punk rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense for the 90s at that point because yeah. punk was really, really big. So, of course, he would look even more alternative than usual. Drinks mold wine. <laughs> And suddenly he's all the way over there. there when did that happen? Yeah. Again, in the musical, he's always over with the band. Oh. <laughs> but see, like that, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the production I saw, I say that so many times, but Adam, during the song, he was basically hanging out with the band the whole time. They were like sharing a water bottle during the song. <laughs> They're like, here you go. Have some of this. In my production, and this was done more for necessity than it was a choice, but I think that it did kind of give a sense of place, Mm -hmm. is that we left his guitar on stage the entire show. Yeah, that's pretty much the way it's supposed to be. Like, it never moved, it never, it it did not leave the stage, so when (laughs) we had, you know, the La Viva moment, it was obvious that he was going to go over there, so you had pre-planning. Right. And everyone's goes off. Everyone's beeper. Beeper. Beepers. <laughs> so does this make it better or worse for Roger, do you think? Um, I think that from a psychological standpoint, probably worse. Because he's already had to go through someone that he cares about having the disease. But I think that also at All this point, sorry, <laughs> from his like character perspective, yeah. it kind of assuages the loneliness a little bit because not he's not alone this time. And he doesn't have to bring someone else into his own shit because they're already in there. it. There, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So they, they already have something very big and important in common with each other. I've just never been a fan of this relationship. No, no. There's nothing really it's, that either of them can get out of it. It's destructive heartbreak. as shit. And it's so destructive. <clears throat> and it's mostly her fault. Oh, yeah. Definitely her Cause fault. Because <laughs> Roger's actually trying to, like, be good. Well, of course, you can't you can't deny him a moment of happiness when he's got nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard as shit for him to actually open up to someone after everything that he's been through and after losing the person that he was sharing his life with. These are some weird harmonies, too. Mm-hmm. I think that Will Chase did a really good job of doing this. But I think Adam's version is standard, but Will Chase's is uh, standout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he originated it, so there's more that you can do with it. Adam, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not one of those definitive, like, this is the only way that you can do this right. at the moment. I also didn't have a lot of chemistry. I, I love this army, though. Oh, yeah. And you finally get to hear well, some of his high Well, you go up higher, though, normally, don't you? Mm-mm. That's That's about it. Are you sure? Yeah. It doesn't sound, because they mixed it differently. Okay. Because I thought that Mimi usually goes up a little bit higher. Uh, maybe a little bit higher. But, I mean, it's Rosario Dawson, so yeah. you kind of get what you get with her. But I, I appreciate that you finally get to hear some of his high notes because they've been kind of missing. <clears throat> yeah. Or they've been really very rock-centric, so there's a lot of vibrato yeah. in it. Like, that's the cleanest, one of the cleanest high notes that he has in this version. Right. As opposed to at the end of Rent, that's usually yeah. the cleanest high Because Yeah, because Roger has all the high parts in the harmonies, right? Yes. Which is something that I don't think I realized until you told me that. And I don't know why I didn't know that, but that, <laughs> that Mark takes all the lower parts. Yeah. But in your production, you took the higher parts, right? Yeah. Just, just because you could hit them cleaner? Yeah, it was because it, he could do it. It was just, it was, it was going to sound rough, and it wouldn't have worked for the um, the chord that we were trying to hit. Okay. Well, your your voice is also a little bit stronger on your yes. high notes than your low notes, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think it make it makes more sense to have you take the the richer part there. I'm a belter, if nothing else. <laughs> no, you really are. Though. You're like a rock belter. I also appreciate that they were able to separate those moments. Yeah. Because in the stage show, it's usually like everybody else freezes, and well, then they yeah, have because that th- they don't come back in. Right. Because they they trade up who gets these parts. Yeah. And they also trade up the order of them. Yes. Because mm-hmm. remember at the end of B, when they have the la vie, and then e, and then Mark has his, uh, his commentary, like, they share a sweet kiss out yeah. in the snow, and then viva la vie bohème. Yeah. So, I mean, on stage it does work, but at the same time, I don't like the fact that everybody else is still on stage mm-hmm. in the foreground. I do. Paused. I like it. It's just, it's awkward like to me. I like it. It seems like... Life has been world quieted freezes for them. For them. Yeah, world yeah. freezes for them. Everyone gets mid for a second. <laughs> but seriously, no. oh, I, this is one of my favorite Mark moments of the show. I don't like that he shares it with so many people, though. Yeah, uh-huh. I think he needs to be by himself again. Like he needs to be going down the table, but he needs to be going down the table, just kind of vaguely speaking. He should to be dead everyone. center of the table, yeah. like he is in the show. And then this is kind of a nice slow down moment. Yeah. Well, this is your basically your allusion <laughs> to um, New Year's. Yeah. Or here's all the couples. Yeah. And Mark's just like, yeah. Everyone else is getting some. <laughs> and that's the picture for the poster. <laughs> yep. 
And we have a rent movie poster in our apartment. Yep, first thing we always put up. Yep, it was something that I found at all a library puns. book sale. Of all places, I found that poster. Alrighty, well that is the end of Act 1 of Rent. Of course, the movie doesn't delineate those two, but we are, so we're going to go ahead and take a little break here. Take a little brick break. And, and I guess we'll be back with Part 2. Yeah. Alrighty. So, good so far? Yeah, I mean, I this is something that I watch yearly, if not more. It's I mean, I, I have this movie so memorized that I don't even need to watch it because I have <laughs> every part of and piece of it memorized. Usually I will watch it on Christmas Day mm -hmm. because that's when the show takes place and I defy any of you to tell me otherwise, <laughs> even though the movie does it differently. Yeah. But this is a tradition for me and it's, it's a show that it holds a lot of weight, not just because it's a good show and because it, it's powerful for me from a a performance standpoint and from mm -hmm. age a really good piece of theater but it's also a show that's been with me through a lot of really rough times i sang uh without you multiple times multiple, multiple times funerals. at funerals for <laughs> friends of mine and it's it's a show that means the world to me these characters are they're so important to me and it, it that's why whenever we talk about like the rent live and stuff I know that I sound a little bit harsh when I talk about it, and I'm, I am, I know that I'm being unfairly critical cool. of a lot of it, but this is, this show is so important to me. Yeah. You, you can't screw this show up. You can't do it, or I, I want nothing to do with you. And it's about to get, uh, whew. This is the part that you, I will actually cry, and there, there's going to be nothing I can do. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to cry during part two. It, it's just going to happen. We'll see if I can even make it through. You might have to do part of it by yourself. <laughs> I mean, this was hard for just being in it. Like, Act 2 is, is, is very, very it's difficult. Brutal. And <clears throat> I think that I made a choice to play it a little bit more emotionally than is usually done. And, of course, we'll temper that when we do our production of it. Yeah. But I do think that it's important for Mark to also join in to just how, like, destroyed everything and everyone becomes by the end of this. And I think that the emotions that Mark are showing, if he's not, if he's completely emotionless, which I have seen it played that way, yes. you miss the fact that the reason he is alone is because he feels so much. Mm -hmm. So if, if he's not showing anything, then you're missing the whole point of that character. I mean, kind of like what we were talking about is that he has his marching orders. Yeah. So... It's not about, I'm feeling a certain way, and if I feel a certain way, I'm going to be overcome by it, which it, that is there too, but also, there's something that I can do to keep my mind off of that, as opposed to Roger, where I have to keep this inside myself, or else I'm going to explode, and well, there's nothing I can do about and it. And I, personally, I've always thought that one of the reasons that Mark is so, so much more stoic in the face of it all is that it, it's more of an attitude of, I, I'll cry when they're all dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he knows that he's going to, essentially, he knows that he's going to outlive them all. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I can't, I can't, I, I have to feel it now and I have, I have to be upset about it now, but everything can come at the end. Right now, my job is to be here for the people who are alive. Mm -hmm. And then when they're all gone and I'm alone, then I'll figure out what I have to do with myself. Yep. And I think that, you know, maybe Collins might be able to help him with that. Yeah, and I agree. Like, I think that at, at the end of the show, I think I think it's pretty clear that 
Mimi and Roger are not going to survive for that much longer. Mimi no. particularly. Oh, definitely. Roger could go either way because it depends. Again, it depends on how long they live and into what era they survive as to what treatment is going to be available to them. Mm-hmm. So I I tend to think that Roger probably doesn't live that much longer either. Mimi's going to be the first to go though. If she was oh, already yeah. that week and already died once. She's not going to survive again. Mm-hmm. Collins, I think, is going to live for a bit. Oh yeah. And I think that once Roger dies, Mark probably has a, just a breakdown and he goes catatonic for a while and then Collins comes and digs him out. Yeah. And they probably like stick together after that then. Mm-hmm. And so, finally someone takes care of him. That's right. my head cannon. <laughs> Mark is my baby boy. <laughs> someone takes care of my baby for once. Mm-hmm. So yep, yeah, part one down, part two to go and it's going to be a bloodbath. Don't say that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> there are so many things wrong with saying the word bloodbath. <laughs> Not the least of which we're talking about HIV here. Oh but... god. Alright guys, if you want to follow us on social media, we have a Twitter. It is at idealist underscore the. We also have a Instagram and it is the practical idealist. And it is also our names, Katie and Destry. You can find both of those in the description for this episode, so on the pod beam. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure they get transferred over to iTunes. They and, do. Yeah. So if you don't hear this, then you'll see it in the, in the description. So I hope you don't mind us uh, splitting it into two parts. I think it's more important to do it this way. That way it's not such a, a long episode and you don't have to listen to us for two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And also we get to uh, kind of wrap around the, the Rent Live situation here. Yeah, we get to bookend the uh, the horrible event with a little quality content. We get to hug it real tight with both of our episodes. And by hug you mean strangle. Yeah, pretty much. Until incapacitated. <laughs> or dead. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening guys and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.